is with the light of God, the heavenly sunlight that we sang about this morning, that we walk in, that we live in. It helps us to excel. And the more light we have, the more we will excel. Excelling in the light, the phototropic attraction to excellence. As flowers stretch towards the sun, God's light draws us to God. Psalm 43 and verse 3. Oh, send out your light and your truth. Let them lead me. Let them bring me to your holy hill and to your tabernacle. That's exactly what that passage says, isn't it? Light of God shines upon us and it attracts us to him, into his presence. It enables us just like plants, to grow and to bloom, even though we may be planted in a desert. I like the picture that was chosen for our theme this year. I had a small part in that, but uh, actually several had a hand in choosing, choosing what picture we we're going to use. But I like that picture. It's, it's a flower growing seemingly out of the concrete. We've seen flowers do that, right? doesn't matter where a plant is planted. If it can get its roots in the ground and there's light and there's water, it's going to grow. And it's going to excel. And so it is with us. Isaiah in prophecy sees the effect of the glory of the Lord shining in a wasteland. He describes it, Isaiah 35 and verse 1. The wilderness and the wasteland shall be glad for them and the desert shall rejoice and blossom as the rose. It shall blossom abundantly and rejoice, even with joy and singing. The glory of Lebanon will be given to it, the excellence of Carmel and Sharon. They shall see the glory of the Lord, the excellency of our God. That's how flowers grow in the desert. That's how people grow out of nothing to be glorious and excellent for God. The next line of that prophecy in Isaiah says something that may be familiar to you. It says, strengthen the weak hands and make firm the feeble knees. That's quoted by the writer of the book of Hebrews in Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 12. Applied to Christians, talking about how we get our strength, how we come to be strong from weakness, how God takes our infirmities and uses them to his glory. That very passage quoted by the writer of the book of Hebrews to make that exact point that in God's light we are strengthened and we thrive. When his light shines in us and through us, then the world sees his glory. Again, in the book of Isaiah, prophesying still of the time to come, the kingdom in which we live. Isaiah 60 verses 1 and 2 Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and deep darkness the people, but the Lord will arise over you, and His glory will be seen upon you. As God shines on you, people see God in you. His glory is on you, and you shine for Him. In Matthew chapter 5 and verse 16 then, in the familiar passage, Jesus says, Let your light so shine before men, that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. But what you have to realize is our light comes from His light. We are really just a reflection of the glorious light of our Heavenly Father.
As we think about seeking to excel this year, it doesn't matter where you're coming from. It doesn't matter what desert you're living in, what sorrow and gloom might surround you and how deep the darkness might be. It is the excellence of God's light and His glory that makes the difference in our lives no matter who we are. And we're, we're talking about being excellent. Don't think for a minute that I'm not talking to you. Don't think for a minute that God's not able to make you excel, to enable you ex- to excel in all that you do in the kingdom. You give your life to him. You turn your bloom, if you will, toward his light. And you will be excellent. You will be excellent. I'm going to think with you this morning about how his light enables us to excel in a couple of things that are pretty obvious. And we'll be talking again in generalities. But hopefully this will lay groundwork for much that we'll say later in the year. His light enables us to excel in knowledge and wisdom. See, God's word gives light. It gives his light to us. The Bible is clear about this over and over again. It's the the metaphor that's used, the symbol that's used to describe how God's word enlightens us. Psalm 119 and verse 130, the entrance of your words gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. The entrance of your words gives light. And Psalm 36 and verse 9, for with you is the fountain of life. In your light we see light. We, We come to experience light. In the light of God. In Psalm 19 and verse 8, the statutes of the Lord rejoice the heart. The commandments of the Lord are pure, enlightening the eyes. So it is in God and in His Word, in the expressing of His Word, the study of His Word, the understanding of His Word, that we experience His light. How can I turn myself to the light? Well, just as those plants in my office turn themselves to the window where the light's coming. Here's where the light's coming from, right here. Here's where it's coming from. Turn yourself to the light. When we here at Eastside, year by year, have a yearly reading plan to read through the Scriptures, when we have Bible classes that are wholly dedicated to looking into God's Word, when we're trying to encourage our friends and neighbors to look into God's Word with us, what are we trying to do? We're trying to get them to and get ourselves to see the light and experience delight. Excellence cannot come by letting our Bibles get dusty. It will not come in that way. It is only through the Word of God and through the Word of God we can excel in knowledge and discernment. There's a prayer that Paul prays in Philippians chapter 1 and verse 9 for the church at Philippi. He says, this I pray, that your love may abound still more and more. So he's praying for the abundance of love. And the the phrase more and more there indicates excellence. It could be translated excellence, actually. But he says, your love may abound still more and more in knowledge and discernment. So love excels when it has knowledge and discernment. And then he says, that you may approve the things that are excellent. 
When you have knowledge and discernment, you may approve those things that are excellent. You can tell the difference between a good thing and a bad thing and go with the good thing. You can make wise choices in your life because of that. That you may approve the things that are excellent, that you may be sincere and without offense until the day of Christ. God's word is a lamp unto our feet. It is a light unto our path. It shows us the difference between things that are average, things that are bad, and things that are great. It enables us to make those kinds of choices in our lives. It gives us the knowledge and the wisdom, the understanding. In God's light, we can excel in the use then of our knowledge. We can excel in what the Bible calls wisdom or discernment. Have you ever said to yourself, this is going to take the wisdom of Solomon? Have you ever said to yourself, I wish I had the wisdom of Solomon? Raising your children, making decisions concerning your career, dealing with people, interpersonal relationships, trying to work out any kind of problem. I wish I had the wisdom of Solomon. My question is, Why would you be willing to settle for the wisdom of Solomon? The Bible tells us about Solomon, 1 Kings chapter 4 and verse 29, that God gave Solomon wisdom and exceeding great understanding and largeness of heart like the sand of the seashore. Thus Solomon's wisdom excelled the wisdom of all the men of the east and all the wisdom of Egypt. That was excelling in wisdom, wasn't it? Solomon had that. However, you have the number one thing that you need to excel in wisdom even beyond Solomon's wisdom. You have access to the far greater knowledge and wisdom that comes from the light of the world. You know what Jesus said in comparing himself to Solomon? He said in Matthew chapter 12 and verse 42 that the queen of the south will rise up in judgment with this generation and condemn it. For she came from the ends of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon and indeed a greater than Solomon is here. I'm telling you that the wisdom of the light of Christ is greater than the wisdom of Solomon. And we have access to it. The light that is in God's word and the light that comes to us. In fact, through Jesus Christ, who is the Word. Jesus is our light. John 8 and verse 12. He expresses Himself to us in Scripture. But He says, I am the light of the world. He who follows Me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. You want the the way to walk that you can see clearly and make choices that are wise and good and bring you closer to God and are helpful for others. Do you want skill in living your life? It's not found in a self-help book. It's found in Jesus Christ. And in His Word, which is the greatest self-help book of all. Colossians chapter 2 and verse 3, it says about Jesus that in Him are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. It's all in Him. The mind of Christ. The mind of Christ is revealed to us in the pages of the New Testament. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, the Apostle Paul is talking about this process of inspiration. 
how it is that God spoke through the apostles, spoke to the apostles through the Holy Spirit. He says, among other things, I'm not going to read the whole context, but in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 10, God revealed things, he says, to us through his Spirit. The Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. So here is God's light being given to us through the Spirit. Paul says, these things we also speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, combining spiritual things with spiritual. And then in verse 16, who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have, look at this really carefully, we have the mind of Christ. That's what we have. I much prefer the mind of Christ to the mind of Solomon. How about you? Let's turn ourselves to the light. Jesus in his word, what he said, what he inspired his apostles to say. In that is light. Direction for our footsteps. A means to excel. Let's be drawn to it. Let's rather pick up our Bible than do any other thing. Find joy in reading it. Find joy in learning from it. Understand that when you see it, you're seeing light. The light of the Lord Himself. And in this way, we walk in the light. The light enables us to understand what is true and what is right. In His excellent knowledge and wisdom, if we will diligently study it and follow it and emulate it in the reading of Scriptures, we excel in the light. God's light enables us also to excel then in righteousness, in being right and in doing right. I hate to be wrong, don't you? You hate to be wrong. I hate to be wrong. I hate to do that which is wrong. I have done that which is wrong. How can I be right when I've done that which is wrong? In His light, God can make me righteous and then lead me in that which is righteous. These are the words of Scripture. Let's start with this premise we looked at a little bit last week. Our righteousness must excel or exceed, depending on translation, must excel the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 20, I say to you, unless your righteousness exceeds, excels, the same word in the Greek language, the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. When you think about that, you think, those scribes and Pharisees, they were really righteous people. They were all the time just talking about Scripture. They were trying to get others to do the right thing. They had all of these rules and regulations, and they were trying to follow them to the nth degree, although they were hypocritical in doing so, and they had lots of problems with self-righteousness and other problems. But they still seemed to be, maybe to the human eye, really righteous. When Jesus says this in the Sermon on the Mount, I imagine just more than a few people kind of raised an eyebrow. What do you mean? <laughs> what are you talking about? 
more righteous, exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees? Are you kidding me, Jesus? Unless you do that, what does it say? You will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. Yikes. That would be my response. <laughs> Yikes, Jesus. How can we be more righteous than the scribes and Pharisees? Greg Chandler had a lesson on this several years ago, and he's holding a meeting here. Just really appreciate his approach to it. And, and, and basically, we need to understand that it's, it's, it's not going to be we're going to be more righteous than the scribes and Pharisees. We're going to exceed their righteousness on our own. Can't happen. Not going to happen. It is in God's light that he will make us righteous. There are a number of passages on this. I'm not going to belabor the point. I think most of you in this room understand it. But one great passage that's sometimes overlooked on this point is Micah chapter 7, verses 8 and 9. I invite you to look at that if you would. Micah chapter 7 and verse 8. The prophet, 700 years before Christ, says, When I sit in darkness, the Lord will be a light to me. I will bear the indignation of the Lord because I have sinned against him. Until he pleads my case and execute justice for me, he will bring me forth to the light and I will see his righteousness. Here you go. I'm sitting in darkness. I'm in misery in my sin. How can I be brought out of this? The Lord will shine upon me. The Lord will bring me to his righteousness. And in that, I may be found righteous. God shed his grace upon us in Jesus Christ. And his grace teaches us to live righteously. It makes us righteous. It saves us, cleanses us from our sins. And then it shows us what it means to live righteously. Titus chapter 2 and verse 11. The grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. Teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present age. See, grace teaches us. Grace teaches us. Sin. Sin enslaves us. Sin makes us miserable. Sin, as we were talking about on the radio this morning, sin is painful. God forgives the sin, alleviates the pain. Light comes into our lives. Light that comes from forgiveness, from mercy. And then that same light shows us the way to walk so we don't have to live in sin. John in 1 John, as he writes about these things, tells us we all have to deal with sin. If anyone says... He has no sin. He's a liar. And then he says at the beginning of chapter 2, these things I write to you that you may not sin. He's writing so that you don't have to continue living in sin. But if any man sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous, who's the propitiation not only for our sins, but for the sins of the whole world. In the light of God's countenance, we find forgiveness, and we find a reason to walk righteously.
And thus we walk with Him in the light. We walk with Him in the light. Not the half light. Not the twilight. Not, well, it's getting a little bit lighter in here, light. In the light of God. Don't compromise it. Don't settle for less than walking in fellowship with God in the light. This is the goal to which John is driving us in 1 John chapter 1. I'm going backwards, I know, in his epistle. But he says in 1 John chapter 1 and verse 6, if we say that we have fellowship and walk in darkness, we lie and don't practice the truth. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. It all goes together. In the light. Forgiveness. Righteousness. Excelling. As a saint of God. Well. I don't know if I woke everybody up by slapping my hands. In Psalm 97 and verse 10. You who love the Lord, the psalmist says, you who love the Lord, hate evil. He preserves the soul of his saints. He delivers them out of the hand of the wicked. Light is sown for the righteous and gladness for the upright in heart. Rejoice in the Lord, O you righteous. Give thanks at the remembrance of his holy name. We walk with him in the light. We walk with him in righteousness. The contemporary English version in Psalm 97 and verse 11 says, if you, obey, if you obey and do right, a light will show you the way and fill you with righteousness. The New English translation of Psalm 97 and verse 11 says this, the godly bask in the light, the morally upright experience joy. God gives us a way to live that is excellent, that is joyous. We are exalted, lifted up in the light of God's righteousness. If you look on in Psalm 89 and verse 14. Righteousness and justice are the foundations of your throne. God bases everything that he does on the concept of what is right. What is right? Righteousness, it says, and justice are the foundation of your throne. And mercy and truth go before your face. So all of that goes together. Blessed are the people who know the joyful sound. They walk, O Lord, in the light of your countenance. Listen to that phraseology. They walk in the light of your countenance. God's shining on us. We're turning our souls to him and we are walking in him. Walking in the light of his countenance. In your name they rejoice all the day long. And in your name, in your righteousness, they are exalted. I want you to know that the word exalted means lifted up. How can we excel? How can we be lifted up? It is in the light of the countenance of God. What makes the flower grow? turns its face to the light. What makes the child of God excel when we turn our face to the light? 
It's not you. It's the power of the light. In his light, we bear the fruit of goodness and righteousness and truth. And all of that pleases him. (laughs) So I admit, sometimes I post pictures of the flowers in my office on Facebook. I did that not too long ago. Now, mind you, I have virtually nothing to do with how well those flowers are doing. Other than giving them a little bit of water once in a while, if I remember, I do nothing. In fact, most flowers that I try to grow, I I try to look for the tag that says thrives on neglect because that's the kind of flower (laughs) that I grow. But nonetheless, they're doing amazingly right now. If you walked in right there right now, I've got, I think, three orchid, different orchid plants that are blooming. Just, they're going nuts. Because of the light. Because of the light. And so it is with God and us. Ephesians chapter 5. In verse 8, the New English translation You were at one time darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live like children of light. For the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth, trying to learn what is pleasing to the Lord. My flowers please me, but I'm not really responsible for them. Ultimately, the light is. And so it pleases God to grow us to be exalted and excellent. His saints, whom he says are his excellent ones. It pleases him like the divine gardener and the divine light that he is. Excelling in the light then means that we are turning ourselves, our lives, our our focus, our minds, we are turning to God all the time. We are turning toward the light of God's knowledge, the light of God's wisdom, the light of His righteousness, that we may be beautiful in His sight and bear fruit that, bears, that brings Him glory. I want to excel at that. How about you? We're going to excel together in the light. That's our purpose for this year, to focus on it. And I trust that in the sight of God, by the end of the year, we'll be even more beautiful to Him. I might be talking to somebody this morning who's turned your face away from the light, who shut the light out of your life and has not listened to God has not allowed His goodness and grace, His love and His Son to touch you. This morning, He's still shining. Turn your face to Him. Acknowledge who He is and who you are, a sinner in need of His grace, and give Him your life. Whatever your need, if you need to be baptized for the remission of your sins, if you've never done that, you do need to be baptized for the remission of your sins. If you're a Christian and you've just been walking in darkness and not doing the things that are in the light where God is, correct your path.
change directions. We'd ask you to come while we stand, while we sing.